Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Velvet Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Velvet Online Women's Boutique. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge, it's an environment and an experience rich in history luxury and personality an elegant extension of any celebration occasion it's the perfect escape and meeting place a space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion have slow burn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com but if they want you tap, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. 
I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a law, yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Neville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. No, it's not an error on your screen. You're seeing one and the only Professor Brian Fulford coming in as a guest lecturer as he does it on the Sports Wrap with Brian and AD as well as hosting ONG. That is orange and green as they get it done. Um, and they have a lot to talk about over in FAMU, but we're going to bring him over here and make sure he says some love with us. So before we get into the real introduction, Brian, how are you doing? I'm blessed to be here. Thank you for the opportunity, Doc. Always love to come in. Oh, appreciate having you. I see somebody else over there smiling. Professor Bishop, it must have been a good day on the iron. I mean, on yeah. the golf course there with the iron. Oh, no, no, it would be it's always a great day on the golf course, but, you know, it's cold and rainy today. I'm just uh, uh, enjoying my HBCU uh, journalist brethren. We're having a lot of fun today. <laughs> and, and, you know, when these when these text messages and these chats get going, it, it's pretty funny, you know. So it's uh, uh, my guy Neely, boy, I tell you, he, <laughs> uh, he keeps one laughing. So. <laughs> no doubt about it. Tell Neely we say what's up. We're going to have him back on here for too long because he is very comedy. With that being said, welcome to episode 202 of Inside HBCU Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small. From NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Khalil, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. I think he's somehow he's cheating and prepping for that PV homecoming. Oh! I, 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 I didn't say that live. Did I say that live? Well, anyway, <laughs> we're all filming from our home studios and send a signal live to Caseways 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper. He's back from covering uh, the Major League Baseball College World Series. Shout out to Charles. That's all you're going to get from me, Charles. Leave it like it is. <laughs> In the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside HBCU Sports Lab is sponsored by THA Agency LLC. THA Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that, you know, usually I go to you all to talk about some news of the day, uh, but we've discussed this pre show. And if you allow me to jump in here uh, to say a couple of things, but uh, to read what I think is an important statement in terms of the news of the day. Before I do that, I be remiss if I didn't get out there and show some lab love, if you would, to our lab lecture listeners out there coming in here. We have Anthony Weston says, what's up, everybody? Reginald Johnson, president and accounted for inside HBCU 
laugh. Hashtag scholars with the black and old gold. That's what we do. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. Phillips is in here. The I Love 2021 Swag Champs is here. Man, can we play the game first? I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand. Melinda Johnson speaking into existence. Some other folks going to say not so fast, though. Dwight Moore says time to compress the analytics with the hip hop. Go Jag. Yes, sir. We're going to put it together. Chad Cooper. He says, good evening, professors. Yes, indeed. William E. Davis. Michael Lee is in the house. What's up, Mike? He's out there. He's always giving them uh, the business over there in the MEA fan zone. He has me rolling and laughing. Good stuff, Michael Lee, as well as giving uh, some uh, hope to uh, Tennessee State in a lot of ways. Who else we got? Ricky Burton's in the house. We in the lab, baby. Yes, we are. William E. Davis says, strike, strike, and strike again. Yeah, we got your one of your – individuals on here. We're going to ask them some questions about that matchup in Southern for the second half of the show. That should be good. Go Jags good. serving up black and steak this weekend. It, are we really? Michael D. Jones back, back finally shows up back into the lab. Oh! I thought he was hiding a little bit from the lab. <laughs> lab time, Noel Price. Just kidding, Mike D. Jones. I know you about the business. A.D. Drew Brown for, for representing Sports Rap. Yes, he is. Chad Cooper says, Jags ready to play smaller for the last three weeks. All right. I can feel that Steve Gaither says, family was doing some striking. I heard. Yeah, very much so. Belinda Johnson, and that could be striking in terms of the volleyball court. They're getting it down there. Uh, Charles, you know I'm going to rub you in there. You, you couldn't wait for that first matchup. I ain't heard you since. I know, right? <laughs> payback, you you got to stay your silence. <laughs> Belinda Johnson, this is awesome. Swag football season. Yes, it is. Phillips, strike, strike. Oh, he said psych, psych, and psych again. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> With that being said, let me read this statement. I think it's worth our time. This is coming out of the MEAC. Norfolk, Virginia, as you know, November 4th was the release date. The Mideastern Athletic Conferences, quote, Elite Eight aren't going anywhere. I love it. The conference realignment chatter in college athletics is not going anywhere going away anytime soon, and neither is speculation about what this could possibly mean for the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, better known as the MEAC. Through it all, what is clear from Coppin State University President Dr. Anthony Jenkins to South Carolina State University President Colonel Alexander Conyers is the unanimous resolve of the presidents and chancellors of the eight of the preeminent HBCUs in the country to represent the MEAC. The MEAC Council's Chief Executive Officers is wholly committed to sustaining the legacy of its storied conference, promoting a bright future for their student athletes, alumni, and the entire HBCU community. It is because of this solidarity that each leader has expressed a res resolute desire to not only maintain their affiliation with the MEAC, but also to continue to enhance its profile and value. The Council's Chairman in North Carolina Central University Chancellor Dr. Johnson Akinley uh, said the story of HBC, quote, the story of HBCUs across the country remains one of access and opportunity. Taken together, we believe that the MEAC and our sister conference offer the best return on investment in Division I college sports, collegiate sports. We graduate more students from low resource backgrounds. We have greater rates of economic and social mobility. We are a great resource to the community we serve, and we are compete on and off the field to play, end quote. For more than 50 years, the MEAC legacy has been one of academic and athletic excellence. 
producing leaders in society through our dedication to working closely with our member institutions, provide opportunities for student athletes to excel in college and beyond. Council Vice Chair and President of the University of Maryland Eastern Shore, Dr. Heidi Anderson commented, quote, the collaborative partnership between our schools is the key to our success and extends into every aspect of what we do. Whether I'm competing with Coppin or Morgan on the hardwood or taking up an important issue on the Hill, we are doing it all together, end quote. We honor the tenure of our commissioner, Dr. Dennis E. Thomas, and look forward to our future guided by the strategic vision of commissioner-elect Sonia Steele. Search committee chair and Delaware State University president, Dr. Tony Allen said, quote, there is nowhere else we would rather be. The MIAC is on strong financial footing, has deeper relationship with a number of iconic brands, and has seen both the academic prowess of our student and sense of moral obligation to the world around them grow exponentially, end quote. Norfolk State University President Dr. Javanaugh Adams Gatsons added, quote, champion citizens and scholars. We're building something different here and that is not going to change, end quote. Preserving the affiliation of our eight outstanding member institutions is the utmost important as we also explore conference expansion to include other institutions that reflect our values. President Dr. Wayne Frederick of Howard University, Frederick Dr. Heidi Anderson of UMass, Maryland Eastern Shore, and President Dr. David Wilson of Morgan State University are leading a committee with expansion in mind. With that, Charles, what are your thoughts on that statement? Strong, strong. Uh, what, what caught my eye was uh, I was looking for a statement from all, you know, eight member conferences, but they got statements out of five out of eight. But uh, I, I think to your point, and we were talking about it before the cameras came on, um, you made a very interesting point in terms of uh, if, it, with regards to conference chairman, where, where do you turn to? I mean, if, if you're uh, in that business of, of looking to potentially go somewhere, where is a, uh, a viable landing spot? And it's just not there. So I thought that was a very interesting point that I, I would love uh, for our, our lab listeners to, to really hear you expound on that, because I think that's a very, very viable uh, uh, topic that we're getting into. And really, you know, when you take a look at it, where do you go? I, I hadn't really stopped and really kind of put that into context. Yeah, and the reason I bring that up, and I'm going to go to you, Brian, to get your thoughts on this, but since you asked that framework, you know, we talked about this before, that sometimes we have to be more in terms of us as African-American and Black people uh, because of what has taken place in this country, um, and therefore our institutions, when I say our institution, I'm talking about Black institutions that serve that, that particular community, open to everybody, but serve the uniqueness of their community based on the historical nature of this country. And you can't just wash that away over a period of time and act that everything is fine now, specifically what we know what's going on. So you get into this framing, as we say in the academic arena, this proximity to whiteness. Well, when I talk about that in a lot of ways, what I'm saying resolutely in this place is, if you really look at the landscape, all of it is changing. So it is not like you're gonna go to a foundational place that is safe and sound. You know, you have the reports about CAA. Yes, they are looking for somebody, but why are they looking for somebody? Yes, they talk about the need to be regionally sound, but they have a member leaving, conference churning. Now you have reports of the Southland saying that they may churn and take some people out of the CAA, or the CAA may look at the Southern Conference. 
So they have some issue there. There was some of the folks in terms of one being an HBCU Hampton looked at saying the reports suggesting that they might want Hampton, but they also looked at the history of the white college, Kennesaw State, which means now Big South is back in flux. We see that the change with Jacksonville State that was supposed to be all in at, at the A-Sum, that they were going FBS to join Conference USA with Sam Houston State out of the whack. So now those conferences are in flux. We see what has taken place with supposedly two teams leaving the Southland, which now will bring them down to four, plus the Division II that's reconstituting itself uh, in terms of football and six, seven in terms of basketball. OVC, we see what's going on there. So nowhere that you're going is going to provide you some safe net. So what is the rush to go there other than you think that being in a collective with black institutions is inferior, which is what we talk about the proximity to whiteness. Now, if you can give me another framing outside of that, that shows that the other places are solid and foundational, that's different, but that's not the case. We just show that evidently with Without boring you anymore with that framework, Brian, what are your thoughts when you hear this statement or then in terms of my comments as well? Uh, no, I, I love the way you framed that and love the way you broke that down. Uh, I'm happy that the MEAC didn't drop that release on Friday afternoon. I mean, it, it needed a, a full day, you know. Uh, it didn't need to be a Friday news dump. It, it needed a full day. So, and like you said, sometimes – Sometimes the best move is to do nothing and being solid and showing solidarity has power behind it. It shows that, yes, we had some people who left. Okay, fine. But we're here. We're together while everybody else around is scrambling, looking. Eventually they're going to look over and say, wow, the MIAC, uh, you thought they were going to be dead in the water, but look, they're still standing. And from a football perspective, they still have this contract tie-in with uh, ESPN and this bowl game. So, you know, something that can generate money, not take money out of our coffers. That looks pretty impressive. You know, so I, I think they're standing in a, in a place of strength. Brian, specifically right when you look at the fact that that's a new contract. It's extended six years, so that's not something that you have to worry about at least for four or five years, and that's whether you're going to extend it again. And mm -hmm. that's beyond the year two that you have left on it. So that financial money windfall is there. You're not chasing theoretical approaches to money. And people don't realize that these historically white conferences do not do a revenue share like the two HBCU conferences. Now, this is not to be labeled a point and say that Hampton, North Carolina A&T, FAMU or Bethune-Cookman uh, made errors in judgment for their uh, decision to move whatever the value that they saw in it. That is their right and independent framework to do it. But I think it is extremely disingenuous when you see other folks come back and say, yeah, we left, so y'all need to leave as well. That's not their decision. And you to say and suggest because you left and everything's falling apart. Y'all got to leave too. It just doesn't add up to me when you really look at the facts. And I thought this statement was really clarifying in terms of what, at least at this point, what the presidents in terms of the MEAC are looking at. Last thing I'll drop a dime on is we forget is that they're no longer 
splitting the basketball money among 11, 12, 13 schools. Now they're splitting that basketball money between eight schools, which means that slice of the pie has gotten bigger until they find somebody they can bring in to solidify and provide additional revenue sources. If you go to another conference, we talk about going in football, but people don't even look at basketball. All those other conferences that we talk about in that area, CAA, the Big South, the Sun, I mean the Southern Conference, they all have like 12 basketball members. So now you're ballooning that to 13, 14 members. That slice of pie from the basketball money because they're all one big league. Let's get that clear. They're all one big league. They're going to get one big, which means they only get one slice of the pie to get it done. Yep. That doesn't change. So with that being said, let's take our break. We'll get back into it. We'll go into a little more of the sporting context. We'll go into the marching sport, give you a top 10. Not a lot of changes, some different rankings in terms of wins and losses, so we can't talk about that. But we have some big matchups coming up this weekend that we can get into as well. So we'll be right back after this break. We'll get back into it. We'll get into the poll top 10 marching sport. And it looks like Charles may have some things to say that maybe there should be some changes. So stick around. <laughs> Let's bring it up and see what happens next. We'll be right back after this break. This is Carlos Brown letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival. This is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. Are you hungry for Press the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love laugh and the ball, so listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention as he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. We have Professor Fulford joining us today, sitting in for Mike Washington. We're going to get into our Week 9 Marching Sport Ranking. Let's get into the top 10 and jump right into it. As I said, we'll see if there's any changes. North Carolina A&T Blue and Gold Marching Machine, 1-1 one and one on the season. Uh, with 13 points, they stay at number 10. And number nine, Alabama State Mighty Marching Hornets, three and two. Um, they did win the Magic City Classic as they got it done against Alabama A&M, or at least 
from my voters as they did it. They have 20 points. They stay at number nine, although they got the win. The number eight, Alcorn State, the sounds of Dino Mike <clears throat> on Southern, closer than many people thought. That's why they stayed at number eight, but they did drop an L, three and one, two and one. I think Charles may have some comments on that. At number seven, Kentucky State, Mike, mighty marching thoroughbred band. They did not have a band contest this week, if you would. 4-0, 2-0, so they stay right where they are at number six. And number six, Premier and m the Marching Storm, just like the football team, they had a bye weekend, 2-1 on the season, still recovering from that loss that they took down to Baton Rouge, although the football team represented themselves well. That one was a close one as well. It looks like Southern is getting closer to the edge. Can they hold on? We'll see. <laughs> Let's get in the top five. We get a change in the guard. We get a little mix in here. We got the MEAC. Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion, Marching Band, quietly getting it done, 3-1, 1-0, one, one and oh, 67 uh, points. Remaining at number five, people said they're one of the best catch receivers out there. They keep doing it. They won't be a secret for long. And number four, Bethune-Cookman, the Marching Wildcats, 2-0, and oh, 70 points, ranked four. Again, they have a matchup. When they're going to get back out there, it's going to be troubling for they're going to stay in the top five with just a 2-0 record. They got to have a contest against somebody. Southern Human Jukebox, 5-0. They got the win. It was close. Another close one. Two first-place votes, 82 points, ranked number three. Bring us to Jackson State, the Sonic Boom of the South, 5-1. That loss came early. They opened the season. They just hanging on two first-place votes, 83. Can they overcome it? Well, you do have a top-three matchup. You have the number one Florida a and in the Marching 100. We have now heard, we told you all here, that they were coming to Baton Rouge. They're going to the bluff. 4-0, putting their undefeated record on the table, on the road, for first place to take on Southern, the human jukebox. It should be interesting. Remember, the difference in this, this is not how many people going to vote for Marches 100 or going to vote for the human jukebox. This resolute, we're going to have folks there watching this, some live, some on the television, and they will vote and they will record. One will win which means one will lose. You'll get a W and you will get an L. Somebody will be recorded. So somebody's undefeated marching storm season is on the line. There are mm. no ties in the marching sport for HBCU. If you didn't know that, you heard it here first. With that, Brian, since you're the guest, I'm going to let you go first. What do you say about the top 10 ranking? This is your first time getting to speak about it on the show. No changes, but it's enough for you to tell me what do you think this week in week number nine for the HBCU marching sport? Well, the, the one thing that stands out that I that I can kind of smile about is regardless of the outcome, Jackson State will still be number two at the end of this weekend. <laughs> because, I, I mean, look, it is what it is. Because if by some odd chance, like, you know, Southern does pull off the upset, well, instantly, what? They're going to become number one. Let's keep it real. But if what happens uh, in the bluff, as it happened the last time the 100 went to Southern, it's been a long time. I believe it was 2000. They sent the cats back with the tail between their legs. And so I really expect the 100 to get another win. Uh, they didn't get a chance to show out and show off against an opponent last week, obviously, with the tragic news that happened for Grambling State's band. Uh, so they're, they're itching to go. I mean, they got field turf on the, on the patch. Uh, they've been warming up and practicing. 
I mean, they're going to skin some cats this weekend. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> it's be a bloodbath in the Southern. Just, you know, that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. Not too much blood, though. Not too much blood. No, just uh, a little Charles, bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Snake bite. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Charles, that's all it takes. Take. That's all it takes is a little bit. That's, yeah, it. that's, that's it. it. That should be a fun battle, March 100 and the human jubilee. Let me tell you something, Doc. My band experts, they reached out to me and they, you know, really analyzed the fifth quarter with Alcorn and the Human Jukebox, uh, Alcorn and Southern, and they gave some serious kudos to the sounds of Dynamite being able to hang with the Jukebox. So we'll see. Uh, can the uh, Southern uh, Human Jukebox take it up a notch this weekend uh, they for, um, for the March they 100? Because I think uh, Sounds of Dynamite kind of caught my guard a little bit, had some Tremendous arrangements, and and I have to bring on James Wesby and, and and Ty Crenshaw to help them for for them to explain there is a complete strategy to either zero quarter, fifth quarter. Uh, let's that, that's, let's that, do this, Charles. Yes. Let's schedule them for next Thursday. Okay, at least for this segment, and I'll work to bring them in, and we'll spend a quick moment to talk about any updates to the poll, and then we'll spend the rest of that segment with them breaking down the framework of what it comes into the show. And I think it's the perfect time because we have a top three matchup. Yeah. And somebody has to go with the L. Yep. So we're going to talk about that, what that looks like. I want to shout out all the VPs of athletics and athletic directors that are down there supporting their women's soccer program as we have soccer going down at Prairie A&M University on the campus. Dr. Travion Scott, Show sent me a picture, just let me know what's going on. He said it is cold out there, but they playing soccer and they are getting it done. So Dr. Cable is around the area. The Alabama State Hornets are coming down to play Prairie View for homecoming. So he's around there. I know um, Ashley Robinson's probably in around the area, even if he's coming back for the game. You know, he's going to get around and make sure he supports his program. You got uh, Kevin Granger, soon to be Dr. Kevin Granger down there as well. Uh, making sure he supports his team. So it's really interesting to see who comes out, you know, going into it, co-champions for the regular season with between Alabama A&M and Prairie View A&M. So the two ag schools got it done on the women's side of soccer. But, so it'll be interesting. And next up in a couple of weeks, we'll have volleyball. And then we'll bring in that battle between FAMU and Jackson, who seem to be running away with it. So we'll see if it comes down to that. That could be interesting. Hopefully – They'll fall in that one and two spot, which means if they can get all the way to the end, we can have a classic matchup as they split uh, on each other's court. One to open the season with Jackson State over FAMU, and then FAMU paid them back just a week ago, if you would, on their home court with FAMU getting it done against Jackson State. But it'll be interesting. A couple of other folks like Pablo, they in the mix. They say, why not? Not so fast. We want to get a piece of that. And they just won the one last year as well. Uh, so it'll be fascinating to see how that goes. Uh, but with that being said, any final thoughts in terms of what we could see down on the bluff or some other key matchups we see with bands? There's heard that there potentially is the Alabama State is coming to Prairie View. If that's a matchup, that would be significant. Alabama State has shown the marching hornets, has shown that they can hold their own. Long road trip, but I'm sure they will be focused, especially for homecoming. Marching Storms don't want to lose that home field advantage, but they better be prepared because they can get it. Uh, you talk about what goes on with the Hornets. So that'll be fascinating to see if that comes to fruition. 
But this week it's going to get really intriguing in terms of this marching sport. Any final thoughts, Troll? Oh, that'll be a fun uh, uh, matchup. But Alabama State, they make the trip over to Prairie View. Uh, Alabama State, I, I thought, wore themselves tremendous uh, when they played uh, Jackson State, went head to head with the Sonic Boom. Tremendous arrangements, sound. So uh, that would be a good one. Two big bands, Alabama State and, and the Marching Storm. Marching Storm have been in the top 10 pretty much all season. And then the Mighty Marching Horns. I just love their marching style. I love watching them come into the stadium uh, with that uh, with that little. Uh, drum cadence that they have. I really enjoy it. So that should be a fun one. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into this break. We'll be right back after this halftime break. We'll be with, back with the second half of the show. We'll get into some of the on-field battles going on this week. We'll look into some of the independent matchups. We'll look into a classic matchup. And then we'll start talking about some of these other swag games and just get back into it. We'll get Professor Fourfoot's thought on that. He wasn't with us Tuesday, so we have to give him a chance to talk about that FAMU Southern matchup to see what he thinks could take place in that game. But stick with us because we're going to talk a lot more football when we get back. Time to get into the action with some of these games of the week. We'll be right back. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Yeah. I love my HBCU. Time to analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team if they want a lot. Yeah, and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. yes, let's see what goes on with the clicking and clacking of the helmets on the field. Let's go to the HBCU mid-major classic game of the week. It's in Georgia, Columbus, Columbus Georgia, that is, A.G. McClung Memorial Stadium, Fountain City Classic, SIAC Saturday, November 6, 1 o'clock, Central Time, ESPN+. Plus. Number two, Albany State Golden Rams, 8-1, 5-0 in the conference. They've already locked up the SIC. What do they have to play for? Well, it's their rival. Fort Valley State Wildcats, 5-4, 3-2. Can Fort Valley Wildcats save the season, make a statement? Or will Golden Rams keep just trucking along? 
Let me stick with you, Charles Bishop. Professor Bishop, what are your thoughts in terms of this SIAC matchup? I think Albany State is simply just one of the most balanced teams in the SIAC. It's going to be uh, tough for Fort Valley to get this uh, win. They've been up and down this season. I think Albany State has stayed consistent. There's a reason why they'll be representing in uh, SIAC championship. So look for Albany State to get the win. Yeah, do they win big or they just continue to show out on their defensive side? You do have the factor that um, you feel they're going to be charged up with the loss of uh, their teammate. I wanted to make sure that we continue to say prayers for that family. Professor Fulford, do you think that makes any framing in this matchup? Um, Yeah. Look, you caught me off guard. I I did not – I got to be honest. I did not know that that had happened. Um, Yeah, they lost a um, linebacker. Yeah. uh, Who was hit by – tragically hit by a bus and killed as he was on his way to practice. And so um, certainly wanted to make sure we keep um, him out there in the prayers in terms of what's going on. And that was. Did that happen this week? Baltimore Aldean Butler. And that happened Monday. So it literally just happened. But in terms of that, you can talk about the matchup and then we'll come back and kind of get you to come to terms with that. Because I know there's a motion, you know, emotional hearing that as we heard it and brought it on the show that Tuesday, it was really devastating to hear it in a lot of ways. So I can imagine for the first time, a lot of things going on. So I hadn't heard that. But in terms of the matchup, regardless of that, what were your thoughts in terms of the Fountain City class? Well, I look, I, I think Albany State is one of the most impressive defenses uh, in, in black college football, might even be in Division II football. Um this news, I mean, obviously it may sound cliche, but obviously this can go one of two ways. You have that whole rally around each other, my brother, which is important for this weekend. There may be a rallying around each other. It may be more interesting to see what happens the next week or the week after, meaning uh, I don't think there's a bye week before that championship. So, When you get past the shock and then sadly have to deal with the funeral and uh, accepting the loss that, that he is not coming back that you, you know, where, where young people's minds are. I I mean, I, I I just, for example, just heard a player uh, talking about the the news uh, that that recently affected to Las Vegas Raiders and how that tragedy may affect them. And that those young men are, I mean, not too far off in age from these young college men. And so the, the, the framework was, hey, the stuff that happened with the coach and all that, man, that was nothing. But this hits home. So it hits closer when it's one of your peers, your brother, somebody in the locker room. And this kind of tragedy, uh, it, it'll be real. It'll be real important or interesting to see how they uh, handle this. I mean, from a game perspective, uh, you know, I expect Albany State to 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 pitch a shutout. I mean, that that's what that's what they do. I mean, I think the wake up call was was what Morehouse did. Morehouse got yeah. ten points. Yeah. Morehouse got ten points. I know I know guys are looking around like, how did they get ten points on us? That was a wake up <laughs> call. You know, yeah. so right. I expect them to go out and play for their brother and, and get a shutout, or at least they're going to try their hardest to get a shutout. 
point well said uh, in terms of that framing. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Let's move on to Langston, Oklahoma. W.E. Anderson Stadium, SIEC, Sooner Athletic Conference, Saturday again, November 6th. This one is at 2 o'clock Central Standard Time. Arizona Christian Firestorm, 6-2, and 5-2 and two in the conference. Number four Langston Lions in the mid-major conference is 7-1, 6-1, top 25 team. They need this game to finish off the season and win the conference. They also need this in terms of making a closing statement for the playoffs. This is an extremely important game. You know, Arizona Christian is right in the mix also to see if they can get a share of the conference. So this is a big matchup. The big thing is they have it at home. You know they're going to bounce back in terms of having that loss last week. But I'm going to stick with you, Professor Fulford. What are your thoughts in terms of this NIA matchup? Arizona Christian Firestorm against the number four ranked Langston Lions. Falling from number one last weekend, can they rebound? Falling from number one, falling out of the top ten in the national polls, all the all the uh, analytic rankings and things that I kind of pay attention to, they dropped significantly mm. after that loss. And I mean, when you go back and look at how they lost, you're just scratching the head like, unbelievable. You get this long drive, you get a stop, and then somebody makes a penalty, and after the penalty, they come and score two plays later. So, I mean – you, you almost escaped with a victory and then you blew it. So I think the focus will be really high for Langston. Uh, but, but like you said, they, they got to go out and prove it. Now they have to go back out and almost show everybody again, that everything that we had done up to last week was not a fluke. It was real. And so they got to go back and get their respect. That's what they really have to do. Go back and get their respect, earn it. Charles, same question to you. Wolford brings up some important points contextually. What is on the line in your mind for this matchup? And can Langston rebound? Because you got to remember, this is a young team, and they were ahead of schedule. How much will that affect the team that is young in nature, thinking they had so much on the line, and although they still have it, can they emotionally get back up as compared if you had a more seasoned senior-led team? What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? It's fascinating to me in so many different ways. Yeah, I think that's the million dollar question, especially when you have a young team. Can they uh, mentally get themselves back up to uh, to play this tough Arizona Christian team, a team that comes in uh, six and two? Inexplicable loss last week, and, and like Brian said, they they have uh, their backs up against the wall, and, and they're uh, not only playing for the for respect, but, but got to get this W in there in the worst way. Uh, looking for De- Devin Durosaw on, on the defensive side of the ball to really. Uh, fly around like he was last week, 12 tackles last week for Langston. Uh, they were going to really need a strong defensive effort to, to hold off the zeros on the Christian team. Uh, Langston got a whole serve at home. Points made by both of y'all. I love the way you got into it. Hopefully folks are a little more on point in terms of Langston University. Yes, they dropped out of the number one spot, but they're a solid team, solid in the top five, and they have a chance to make a statement. That's the program that you want to watch at the NIA level if you're a supporter of HBC programs to see what they can do in terms of the playoffs. They need to win to make sure they get in. They should be in regardless, but you know how things happen, especially if you have two losses in a row at home. They need to win. We'll take our last break. We'll get back into the major division game of the week in terms of classic slash homecoming, and then we'll get into some independent non-conference. We may flip it around. We'll have some other things that we'll talk about in terms of those swag and matchups. We'll give you some 
additional points to take with us. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break, and we're into the fourth quarter. It should be good. Stick around. We got much more on the field play to talk about. HBCU Major Division up next. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'm going to do the dab, yeah. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love them, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. We have Professor Wolf, Professor Bishop, visiting professor in the house, clinical professor Bishop doing his thing as always. Let's start with the independent matchup, non-conference major division game of the week. Tennessee State, they're hot. They done snuck in the top five off the starting the season pretty slow. They've won a couple of games. They're five and three overall on the season. One more win, and they'll have a winning record. Three and one in the conference race, more important than them. They win another one. They're going to be in the race of trying to win the OBC. That's interesting. They're on the road, though. Martin, Tennessee, because they're playing Tennessee at Martin, seven and one, three. 7-1, 3-0 in the OVC. This should be interesting. We get to find out, can Tennessee State take that next step to really be in contention? They got everybody feeling good. And we haven't talked about Tennessee State this late in the season in quite a long while. But it is here now. Charles Bishop, you've seen Tennessee State up and close against Jackson State in the Southern Heritage Classic. You talked about how well they played in their first half. Jackson State was able to turn it on. Are you surprised by this? Or is this Tennessee State team for real? What is your expectation in this matchup? This is a good football team. And I think uh, they're good because Jeremy Hickbottom is playing phenomenal football. Uh, When you take a look at uh, what he's been able to do with that uh, Tennessee State offense, uh, it, it has been a, a night and day, Jeremy Higbottom, uh, from the time that he was at Grambling. He is one of the top quarterbacks in the OVC, 
Uh, when you talk, take a look at uh, his passing, the efficiency rating is, uh, I think, one of the best in the conference, things of that nature. But uh, he really has this Tennessee State offense humming, and they're going against a UT Martin defense that's not great at stopping the pass. Uh, Tennessee State is averaging over, over 200 yards a game passing football. I think their bread and butter still is Devon Starling. He's one of the better running backs in the OBC. This is going to be a tremendous matchup. I think it comes down to can this top-ranked Tennessee State defense in the OBC can they stop this rushing attack uh, that UT Martin presents? So I think it's a, a tremendous battle of wheels, but I really do like Tennessee State going on the road, getting this W. Oh, wow. That will be a major statement. Yeah. Professor Fulford, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Tennessee I, State I, for real? I agree, with, I agree with Charles. I mean, even though Tennessee State is the second hottest team in the OVC behind this Tennessee Martin team, which is one yeah. seven in a row. That's the crazy part, right? They're the second right. highest team. But what they have done in these wins has been Jeremy Hickbottom has led some game-winning drives. So close games, tie games, down. He's led some game-winning drives. And I'm I'm happy to see uh, he's doing what he's doing. You know, here's what's, what's interesting is Hickbottom almost went to, if I'm not mistaken, almost went to Bethune. Um that's and, right. You know, <laughs> he at first committed to Bethune Cookman, decommitted, and ended up in Tennessee State. So you're you're on it again. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you if you think about how fortunes have turned from one program <laughs> to another, right? I mean, he 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 went for a fresh start in the OVC, and look, he gets it. Now look, they haven't beaten Tennessee Martin up there in Martin, Tennessee, in like the last three trips. But hey, look, that was a different administration. Uh, this is the George administration, and Eddie George comes in with uh, with uh, with Hickbottom running the show. Uh, I, I I predict I, I I think another game winning drive, something like a 24-21 last drive by Hickbottom. He does it again. Doc Hick, Hick only has three interceptions on the year. He's protecting the football. It's something that you know we didn't see at Grambling, but he's doing a tremendous job. He's taken to uh, Jackson's coaching uh, tremendously up there at Tennessee State. Yeah, great points. And the coaching staff were really talking about him really well in terms of how much he is doing the things they need to get done. And that's a positive thing. After seeing a player, you know, in some ways hit rock bottom and find a way uh, to rebound, credit to hit bottom in terms of what he's able to do. With that, let's go to our homecoming game of the week. We don't have a classic game, so we're going to switch it for a homecoming game. We're going to go into the SWAC, Prairie View, Texas, Panther Stadiums, Saturday again, November 6th. This is a two o'clock game. It will be on ESPN three. Alabama State Hornets three and four, two and three. You've heard by now, Dr. Ely is out, but the team will continue to play. They hit the road, long road trip. They go to number two, Prairie View AM, Panthers six and one, five and oh, trying to stay ahead of the race. Big matchup. Do they look ahead? They have all four next week where they can make their major statement. They're coming off of a bye week. Are they going to be ready for this matchup? Sticking with you, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of what's going on as we go into the SWAT? Here's the scary thing about this game. They can't get caught 
looking ahead to Alcorn. A lot of people around the SWAC know that it's going to be for all the marbles in the SWAC West, if you will, but you can't get caught looking ahead. Uh, Alabama State has made this coaching change, uh, and Travis Pearson is well regarded around the Southwestern Athletic Conference coaching circles as being a firebrand. He's going to have this Alabama State team up. Uh, we saw Ezra Gray. It looks like he, he kind of got back in the groove a little bit last week, 12 rushes for 91 yards. So the question becomes, can Alabama State keep this uh, purview off Offense off the field. Purview is second in the conference in terms of, of offense. So uh, can Alabama State run the ball effectively? <laughs> can they run the ball against this number seven defense in the nation? So uh, Purview is playing some really good football over there. It's going to be real tough, Alabama State, to get the win. You just had the data. The data points, as Mike would say, or as I say, statistics in terms of the data analytics. Professor Fofu, what do you say about this matchup? I don't mess with the data. I don't mess with, with the numbers. Numbers numbers never lie. Numbers never lie. So, I mean, look, you got the second best offense in the SWAC, the uh, number three defense, uh, the preview. I mean, they should not. They should not stumble here. I mean, they had a bye. That's another good thing. I think that you can, even though they had the awkward bye uh, right after <laughs> two or three weeks of having another bye, it's a good place for them to be, to refocus. It's a good start to the last quarter of their season. Start with homecoming, start with this game, and then finish it on out. So I'm, I'm looking for a little dominance. Jawan Pass should be able to, to have a good game by maybe a three or four touchdown day. And then, uh, you know, pack them up, send them home, and get ready to uh, travel out to uh, Alcorn. Hashtag protect your homecoming. Protect your homecoming. Chad Cooper says as well, Bama State is a dangerous team. Nothing to lose. Just fired coach. Potential track game for PV. You said it as well, but now it's time for the mask. 2TTickets.com. I know some of y'all vaccinated. Some of y'all hearing the numbers go down, but you still need to be safe for those that are not. I say wear the mask, especially if you can get them designer. So who you got? Starting with you, Fulford, Prairie View, or Alabama State? You got to make the call. Which mask is going on? Oh, Prairie View. I drop it. Drop Alabama State, Prairie View mask. Charles, do you tell me to keep it on or you ask me to drop it off? Go ahead and keep it on, Dr. Bill. Too much Jawan Pass and Lindemian Brooks. I think to our Prairie View is on to something special. No doubt about it. Well, let's get some bonus coverage in. We're going to stay in the state of Texas. But we're going to go into where they do the pregame show. So we got Texas Southern going into Jackson. That's the number one team. Still questions a little bit about Coach Prime, hearing that he is getting better. He is fine. Do not worry. Keep the prayers coming. We do understand that, and we certainly are a prayer for nation in terms of what we do, and Coach Prime would want that. But nothing to be worried about. And it seems like they just keep doing what they do so what are your thoughts in terms of this, in terms of two freshman phenoms in a lot of ways coming this matchup? I think it's a beautiful thing. We had Coach, I mean, uh, Shadour Sanders. I started to call him his brother's name. I don't know why I want to do that on the safety side. He's doing his thing as well. But we're looking at the freshman quarterback, and then Andrew Body getting it done. Shadour came out the gate. Started out a little slow, but he had the command, and now he's showing off. But we certainly seen on the other side major upset with 
uh, Andrew Body over Southern University, and then they were able to get another big win last week at home. Fulford, what are your thoughts, Professor Fulford, on the freshmen coming in in this matchup, both in terms of the game, particularly looking at the two freshman quarterbacks? I, I think this is a good opportunity to, to, to buy into Coach McKinney and and uh, his, his concepts and, and his play calling or, or his defensive philosophy because if he can find a way to set up his offense to have some success early and then most importantly, coming out of halftime, that's when Jackson State seems to catch people, coming out of halftime. I mean, you know, Charles can probably break it down. I don't know what kind of magic elixir they drinking in the locker room at <laughs> halftime, but you know he in there. You know he in there. But but that is where, honestly, in, in all honesty, that is where Jackson State really shows their medal coming out. They may they you Texas Southern may be in the ball game, may be around in the first half, but what are you going to do coming out of halftime? Can Coach McKinney and the coaching staff keep them in the game? coming out of halftime and in that third quarter. Uh, that'll be interesting to see. That's what I'm looking for. Not expecting a win. I want to see it be competitive, and that'll tell me a lot about Texas Southern and their future. So you say put down the Texas Southern match, keep up Jackson State? Yeah, I hate to say it, but you, you got to keep up the Jackson State <laughs> match. You gotta well, I'll put it on now because I know what Charles going. No, go ahead, Charles. Break it down. I'm not going to do this to you. No, I, I think it's an intriguing matchup, like you mentioned, two uh, freshman phenoms and Andrew Body and Shador Sanders. Uh, when you take a look at uh, Andrew Body, what he's been able to do uh, since he took over in the Rice game, uh, he has turned around the fortunes of Texas Southern football, and they have talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, when you talk about Keelan Davis, he's the number two receiver in the slack, and Jairo Johnson, these guys can straight go get it. But uh, Andrew Body does lead Texas Southern in, in rushing, so I think that's something that you kind of have to keep in mind. He's a dual-threat uh, quarterback. But these sorts of uh, you know pass first teams, it plays in the Jackson State's hands. Uh, you're talking about the, the a team that's ranked number one in the nation in sacks, 38 sacks thus far over eight games. They had five and a half last week against Mississippi Valley. Uh, what they do is get after the quarterback, and I don't expect anything different uh, in this game. And the question for Jackson State is can they come out the gates fast? Uh, they have sort of slumbered, if you will, through the first half, and, you know, it's – you know, the, the gift and the curse of the swagger of Jackson State is uh, they feel as always they can just turn it up a notch. And normally they do. Uh, anytime we saw a uh, ballot punch hard uh, last week, Jackson State just punched back even harder. So that's basically uh, how we've seen Jackson State uh, uh, react over the past two weeks with Bethune-Cookman and Mississippi Valley. So it'll be really interesting to see can Jackson State come out the gates fast. I think if they come out the gates fast, they'll be in great shape. But uh, this coaching staff just does a tremendous job in making in-game adjustments uh, to, to counter whatever they see going on on the field. And definitely after halftime, Jackson State seems to, to turn it on. Point well taken. I believe that you're saying keep on the Jack State mask. With that being Very said, so. mm -hmm. Fullfoot, Professor Fullfoot, let's go for you in terms of this last breakdown we'll do, which is FAMU at Southern. Charles had his chance to do it on Tuesday. So I want you to get a chance and talk about going on the road. We talked about a homecoming game. FAMU is coming off a homecoming game. A little other stuff going on there. We might talk about that a little later. A lot of stuff going on. Not sure how many teams are going to want to go to FAMU for homecoming because a lot of distractions 
Some people say maybe too much in terms of a little more policing on the sideline. But besides that, let's get into the action. Fam, you at Southern. Southern got a big win, major upset in many people's framework, at least according to the ranking Southern over Alcorn last week. Now they have another team coming here, a top three team coming in in the house on the opposite side of the division. Used to be an intra-conference rivalry game between Miag Swag. Now it's a conference game, divisional matchup. What are your thoughts? I think the divisional matchup is something like four wins for the West, two in the East. Does the East come back and make a statement, or does the West continue to roll? What do you look at in this matchup between FAMU and Southern? Six and two, four and four, two top ten teams coming in, three versus eight. You know what's interesting? First off, this is uh, one of the one of the. I think this is the second of three weekends where all uh, six. SWAT games are happening. All 12 teams are playing each other. And it just so happens this is the only matchup where you have two 500 or better teams playing each other. So, you know, uh, that should be highlighted uh, first and foremost. And, and But when I look at Southern, this is a win a game, lose a game. Well, actually, I should start it the other way. Lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game. I mean, it's back and forth. So the, the, the lack of consistency has not been there. For, for Southern, um, that that gives me a little bit of confidence of what FAMU can do. I also think the two last road trips by FAMU, I think were nice wake-up calls. They were good wake-up calls to take those long road trips. Um, I believe Baton Rouge is a little bit closer than at least uh, the Itabina trip. So that that helps. But the fact that you've been on the road now and you've had to overcome adversity in both instances, I think that's going to be a positive for Florida A&M this weekend. I, I just don't know how Southern – look, I know Southern's rush running attack is is uh, heralded and everything is pretty good, but did we not see what Prairie View did to that? Now, mm-hmm. Prairie View has a good defense, right? Well, mm-hmm. they're about to play, quote-unquote, by the by, by the stats, by the data, two better defenses. That that run's gonna get shut down. I mean, mm. now I, I firmly believe that run's gonna get shut down. And so, what? How Southern gonna score? I mean, look. I mean, if it happens in the air, I mean, I'll be shocked. But I I, I think <laughs> that's that's the advantage FAMU has. Um, mm. As long as FAMU doesn't look, it, it sounds cliche. As long as they don't turn the ball over, the the officiating doesn't somehow turn south on them, uh, or, or other craziness happens, you know, all of a sudden the bleachers move a little bit closer to the to the sidelines, and <laughs> southern southern come with their own distraction committee. As long as that kind of stuff doesn't happen, I, I, I'm looking at like at least a three touchdown win by FAMU. I'm sorry. Wow. So you say put on the FAMU man. Charles, I'm, I know you don't have to break it down. You did that on Tuesday, but do I keep on the family mask or you got me putting on the Southern mask? What you got? The million-dollar question is, can Glendon Bubba McDaniel, uh, can he not make those killer mistakes in this game? Uh, because I think if Southern commits to the run uh, and, I mean, just stays with it, I think you, you, you have a tendency to wear down teams. And here's the thing about playing in Baton Rouge at night. Uh, and I and I give credit to the human jukebox on this. They 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 keep 
Not only the fans engaged, but they keep that football team engaged. And if Southern is close, be careful in the fourth quarter. It, that that's that if that is a scary environment. Uh, Who you got, Charles? Who you going. got? You're going both ways. Who you got? I got no FAMU in that defense. Got no FAMU in that defense. I like defense travels. Defense Jamie travels. Jamie This one is tough. I'm going Southern. I think they want to get back. Uh, Chad Cooper said SU is in, consistently inconsistent this season. Belinda Johnson talked about TSU. Uh, Thaddeus Reed says FAMU will lose. They should have lost to Valley. Different game. Scotlandville, you got you going to skin you legless lizards. <laughs> Michael Lee. I'm taking all bets that fam you doesn't shut us down. Money make it easy on yourself. So those are a couple of comments there. Michael D. Jones says, didn't Valley put 30 points on fam you defense? What is he talking about? Oh, wow. People forget that matchups are independent of matchup. You got to be careful about looking at the matchup, not just the score. With that being said, rapid fire before we get out of here. Real quick, don't break down. Just tell me who you got. You got Alcorn at Bethune-Cookman. Does Alcorn rebound from their loss? Uh, does Bethune-Cookman get off the snide? Who you got in this matchup? Alcorn. In terms of Mississippi Valley taking on Grambling, that matchup there, who you got, Valley? In terms of, excuse me, Alabama A&M, who you got in that matchup there? Let me see if I can find my other one. I'm digging around here. Oh, where they go? Where they go? Yep, yep. Who you got, Valley, Alabama A&M? AM. Yeah, I think I think AM. But hey, can I go back one? I gotta get on the Wildcats, man. I gotta go with the Wildcats. Oh, you I got mean, the Wildcats. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I need give them, me hey, your Wildcats. I'm sorry. Hey, you right. I, I, I need them, I need them get, we need them to get a win. So I gotta root for the Wildcats. We need a win. We can't let them be winless and going into the last game of the season. I see you all <laughs> in that. Go Wildcats. Now we got the last one here. Pine Bluff and the G. Who you got? Oh, Pine Bluff. Do they get off the snide? Yeah, give me Pine Bluff. Play? Give me Pine Bluff at home. I'm going gr- Grambling by forty-five. Oh <laughs> man, that's a nice one. Nice one. Let's get in there. We got Chivalry's not dead in terms of both conferences. Miac, uh, quickly get in here. You got Morgan State up. Over Delaware State, shockingly, Morgan State might get their first win. They're up 13 to zero. Delaware State has the ball. Six minutes left in the first quarter. Second eight, Morgan State on the 43. That's on ESPN2. Check it out. Norfolk State at North Carolina Central. Who you got quickly? Norfolk State and Central. Professor Fuller, who you got in that matchup? Martin up. Charles? Behold. Behold the green and gold. Howard at South Carolina State. Who you got? South Carolina, South Carolina State. State, yeah. Got you, both of y'all. We got Garner Webb, three and five, against Hampton, three and five. Independent matchup. Who you got in that matchup, Charles? Give me the Pirates. Horford? Hampton. A&T is on the road at Charleston Southern. A&T, three and five. Charleston Southern, three and four. Sticking with you, Horford. Aggies, uh, you got Charleston Southern. Charleston Southern. The wheels have fallen off that Aggie mobile. Ooh-wee. It's rolling down the wheel, Charles. Is it falling off? Or can it's, they falling. it's falling off. I got to go Charleston Southern on that, too. Ooh, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get yeah. ugly in Greensboro, no matter what happened at the G-Ho, as they like to call it. With that, let's shut it down. 
This is Dr. Ville inside HBCU Sports Lab. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kaville, the dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for coming on Pulford. Make sure you check out ONG as well as Sports Wrap, downloading my JBN, my BCSN. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Kaville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. You know, we do it on the rewrap on Sunday. Check the site at 9 a.m. before you head to church. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you subscribe and like. Time for the quiz. I'm going to sneak over here. As you see, I got my vest on, Charles, trying to do it nice, taking it up a level. It's a little cold, but I'm going to sneak over here and see this exhibition game with Texas Southern. I'll tell you a little bit more about the basketball side next week. We'll get into a little bit as we start chaining out football to basketball. But as we say quiz time, dream big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Brian? Of course. Charles? Lecture. Dismissed. He passed the test. Good job. (laughs) 